my, I know how you feel just like I do. <laughs> Let's just say praise the Lord, everybody, praise the Lord. That'd make you feel like if you were dying, you could go right on through all right, wouldn't it? It just seemed like it'd just be fine. God bless our brethren. I, I can just drink a lot of that in and still not be full. That's really, really wonderful. Old-fashioned gospel singing. When I hear Wormel and Ironer and uh, Sankey and all those singing over there, I'm telling you, it's going to be wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yes, sir, it sure will be. And just think we have an opportunity to hear them forever when we get there. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I just love singing. I think good old-fashioned singing like that is, a, is the backbone of a meeting. I just love it. Now we're happy to be out uh, again tonight in the gospel tent to, to preach again and pray for this God's sick children. And we are trusting God for a, a great service tonight. Uh, they are, you're having some uh, Indiana weather down here right now. I'm sure that hinders the whole lot. And we're going to try each night, if I possibly can, by the help of God, to have you out just as quick as I possibly can from the meeting. And within an hour time I come in, if I can. I just love to talk so much about the Lord. Uh, I just don't know my stopping time, and then I'm, uh, I'm a great eater of spiritual things, and my, I don't fill up very easy, so I just love to talk to you because you're such a nice people, and I sometimes overshoot my mark, as we call it, so I don't mean to do that, and I know that laying here in the cots and stretchers around tonight, people begin to come in in their wheelchairs and cots. I like, don't like to see people all bound up like that, but I, I do like to see them coming to God's remedy that they can be made well. And our Heavenly Father is more than willing, and to my dear people laying here bound up tonight, I trust that this will be the last hour that you'll have to set in that manner, that Jesus will make you well. If there was anything that I could do about it, I'd be glad to do it. I can't. I'm just... I'm just your brother, but I'm here to help you. And by uh, the help of the Lord Jesus, then if you just believe him, the faith lays within you. Of course, my faith will help you, sure. I'm using every bit I can to help you. And then all, all of us together, and all these other people are too, not only me, but the rest of them here are all interested in you. And they, they want you to get well. And isn't that right, audience? Sure we do. That's what we're here for. That's the way I come always from Indiana, to, to pray with you and help you and talk about the Lord. Now, I can only do as he tells me. I can only say what he says. Because if I told you anything different, it was, you'd see it was wrong. So it must come from God. And that's the way you want it, right straight from God. And you just believe now with all your heart. And now, go straight to our text right quick. As the weather gets just a little bit better, we'll linger later on in the week. So... Uh, let us bow our heads just a moment while we talk to the King, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is for we mortals to have this uh, great avenue to speak to the King of kings. And by His only begotten Son that was here on earth who died to make this 
road clean for us, to cut all the ground wires off, and to make it so that we could talk, said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. Oh, what a privilege. Then, Father, we ask first that you will hear us in Jesus' name, knowing now that you will, for we've asked in his name, and his words cannot fail. Then I know you're here listening, and thou knowest the need of this little audience tonight. You know what need I have. You know what need they have. And together, Father, our needs, may it be your will and your desire to give it to us tonight. And my desire tonight is to see every sinner saved, every backslider reclaimed, every unfilled person be filled with thy Holy Spirit, everyone without love be baptized in love, every sick person made well. See these cots and wheelchairs empty and the people walking around praising God. That's my desire, Lord. That's the desire of all of us. So will you give it to us tonight? Now, will you just open up your word and speak to us for a few moments to give us a little basic ground for what we're here to receive tonight? For we ask it in Jesus' name, as he has bid us, amen. Now, in the, the Gospel of St. Luke, the 11th chapter, I wish to read just a portion of Scripture here. All one verse will be enough, just for a little background, and then we'll go right straight to the speaking and won't take long. I'll try to watch, and you kindly help me, if you will, back there, brother, and don't let me speak too long so I can have the people out early. And now, in the 28th verse of the 11th chapter of St. John, we read this. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. Now may the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Now, my subject tonight for a few moments will be the darkest hour then Jesus comes along. And no doubt at all tonight, but what in this little group of people, you may be facing your darkest hour. You may be sitting here not knowing it. You may be sitting here unsaved with a blood clot slipping right up to your heart. And the first thing you know, maybe before the service ends or before day breaks in the morning, you may be face to face with our Maker. You may feel like you're in perfect health and that blood clot laying right close to your heart. You don't know. Sometimes real, healthy, strong people just topple right over. And you may be sitting here with heart trouble. You don't know what minute it's going to call you. You may be with cancer. The doctor said there's not a chance. And I don't know your conditions. But there's one thing that I'm sure God knows. And he's made a remedy for it. And if we can accept it. So let's just believe now that Jesus will come our way. Now, in our lesson tonight, it's at, about our Lord Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. We were taking last night speaking on to take up some more of the supernatural in the form of vision, 
Jesus said last night, I do nothing except my Father first shows me. Then what he shows me to do, then what he tells me, I go do it. In so many words. But here's the quotation of the scripture in St. John 5, 19. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he seeth the Father doing. What the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. Now, he said, The Father worketh, and I worketh hitherto. In other words, he said, I don't do anything except Father shows me first what to do. Some time ago, I was in a, a city, it's been a number of years now, about three or four years ago, very famous, fine man, and um, a scholar and a student, and there was a newspaper that had just criticized me and said that I was, uh, oh, I don't, everything but a Christian, I guess. But, and the brother on the road home said, Brother Bam, you know what I'd do? If I had favor with God like that, I'd curse that newspaper and have God to burn it down. I said, ah, you wouldn't do that. I said, I don't believe that's even in your heart. I said, I don't believe you. Oh, I said, yes, sir. I said, now, brother, the first place, we wouldn't want to do that because that wouldn't be just like Jesus would want to do. You see, he wouldn't want us to do that. He said, well, Brother Branham, the prophets is changing these days. He said, we need some prophets like Elijah who went up there and proved God and called it all fire down out of heaven. I said, he only done it after he saw a vision. Oh, no, he said, he just challenged them and said, I said, after he saw the vision, brother. He said, no. I said, watch when he laid all this stuff in order. He said, Lord, I have did all of this at thy word. <laughs> That's right. All in his word. So no man, no time, ever does anything like that unless first it's showed by God. Now, I mean this acts of faith to go do certain things, but I mean something definitely that you know is going to take place. Now, may I, would you bear with me an extra five minutes so I could kind of tell you a little bit about vision? Would you do that? Uh, what visions are and what gifts are is nothing but it's God making himself known in this age to people similar as he did in the old age. Now, everyone knows that the prophets of old, such as Joseph, we know that he was born to seer hated of his brethren, loved of his father, and he portrayed Jesus Christ in every manner. Don't you believe that? This thing, he was sold for almost 30 pieces of silver, taken up out of a pit like he would, was supposed to have been dead in the pit, and was put in prison, and one was lost and one was saved like the, on the cross, and when Christ was prison as an earthly man with his nails in his hands, and then was put at the right hand of the greatest city in the world, right hand of Pharaoh, and everyone bowed the knee, and no man could come to Pharaoh except by Joseph, and Jesus sat at the right hand of God. No man can come to the Father except by Christ. Portrayed When Joseph died, he left a sign in Egypt, an old casket. I was supposed to put my hands on it in the museum not long ago. An old lead-beaten casket where the lady's bones and said, don't you take my bones out of here or don't you let me be buried here, but someday God's going to take you out of here and take my bones before you to the promised land. And he left every old back-beaten Israelite coming by looking at those bones could look over there and say, someday we're going out. Someday we're going out because there's the prophet. 
And he said that his bones would be taken before the congregation, so someday we're going out. There's the sign. And today, when we go to the grave with our loved ones and hear the minister say, ashes to ashes and dust to dust and earth to earth, and hear the clouds dropping in upon the casket, but we can look at that, and by eyes of faith we can look across the sea under and see an empty tomb. If, if I go, I'll come again and receive him. We're going out someday. Jesus was the antitype of Joseph, David, many others, when David dethroned and, and, his, and Jerusalem and by his own people was chased out of the city and as he went up the mount looking back crying. 800 years from then, the son of David, rejected in the city, sat on the same mountain weeping over the city. See how Christ in David weeping out? Oh, the whole Old Testament. It's just, it's just the lies portraying Jesus. Now, today, after Jesus is sure and represent himself on earth as God, he was God's manifestation to humanity to come and take its place and to to bring humanity back to him. Now in, the, now, in his church, in the last days, he's portraying his divine will through the operation of spiritual gifts and so forth in his church by the gift of preaching, teaching, and so forth, prophecy and other divine gifts that he has. Now, dear beloved friends, we have to admit that many of those gifts are impersonated. We, we know that they're just pretended, but yet there is a real gift. There's many preachers that enters the pulpit just for what money he gets out of it. I hate to say that, but that's true. They admit it. That's right. Well, I wouldn't go over there. Well, look at the money I'm making here, see? Well, they wouldn't do it, sure. And uh, it's for money, of, but there's a real genuine minister of the Lord Jesus who would lay on his stomach and drink branch water and eat soda crackers in preference to fried chicken every day to preach the gospel and stay in the will of God. That's right. A real minister. Well, where you see the, the, the negative, there's bound to be a positive somewhere. And now, if you'll notice in humbly saying this, now gifts and callings are placed in the church by God. God alone. No seminary never made a preacher. God had to call his preacher. Don't you believe that? Why, sure. He might learn, or he might get a, a Bachelor of Art, or he might be a Doctor of Divinity, but that don't make him any more of a preacher than when God spoke to his heart. That's right. That's true. And um, so I believe that. But God sets in the church first apostles and then prophets and so forth. God places in the church. Now, those divine gifts in the church are for the church and the perfecting of the church to call the church to one big body. And any true minister will never draw lines. Just because you don't believe with me, uh, you're not in it. We'll all recognize one another as brothers because Jesus died for all of us and God loves us all. Don't you think so? That's right. Now, groups of man draws barrier lines. Now, it's all right to have denominations, but recognize the next man, too, your brother. See, that's the way. Get love in your heart, and you'll do it. Now, notice, 
in this. Now, if I might illustrate something to you, I know it's got a question in your mind, so when others question after it's gone, visions is not no great outstanding phenomenon. It's just something God has done. Now, we're going to give a little illustration here just for a moment. For instance, we were all little boys and girls, and we were standing tonight, and it was a great circus in the city. And it just happened to be that some of you, brethren, were stronger, bigger shoulders, and could lift a bigger weight than I could. Well, now, if there's a weight to be lifted, you better lift it. But perhaps God made me just a little taller than you. That don't make me any more human than you. Don't make me any more child of God than you. It just makes something. Who taking thought can add one cubic to his statue? See? Not what you do, what God has done. See, I'm not much of a legalist. I, I believe that it's sovereign grace of God that God does. Well, now, perhaps there's a carnival coming by our circus, and we all want to see that circus. Well, we haven't got the money to go in. We can't see it. So maybe on my tiptoes, I can look through a little knot hole up here and tell you all what's going on. Now, remember, I'm drawing an illustration. Well, you say, Brother Branham, what is it out there? What do you see now? Well, I get my fingers up as high as I can, stand on my tiptoes just as high up as I can. I say, I, I see an elephant come down and just give out. You say, what else you see, Brother Bram? Well, I get up high again, just reach up. I, 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 I see a giraffe. It's just making me weak. Now, that's the illustration of what a gift is. Now, a gift of a seer or to give visions, that comes from God alone. Visions, the first thing I remember as a little baby boy was a vision. I wasn't 18 months old when I told my mother where we live at and everything else. See? That's right. I spent my life near New Albany. And we was hundreds of miles from there, and that's where I've lived for about 40 years. See, it just comes just as natural to that as it is for you to do what you do. Well, now, I'll give you an illustration. When Jesus was here on earth, all the power that was in God was in him, for he was God manifested in flesh. God made human in the body of his son, Christ Jesus, tabernacle here, for the Bible said God was in Christ, the Father, was in his son, representing his love to the people here on earth. See? Now, very simple. Now notice. Now, that gift that was in Jesus was like the whole ocean out here, all the waters in the world, in comparison with this little gift, just a spoonful out of that ocean. Now, God gave him the Spirit without measure. He gives it to you and I by measure. He measured me out a spoonful. But when he measured it out to his son, he measured the whole ocean. <laughs> you see what I mean? But notice, the same chemicals that's in this spoon is in the whole ocean. <laughs> and all the chemicals in the oceans, in the, uh, a measure of them is in this spoon. It's the same kind. See, it'll do the same thing. It'll do the same works. It'll produce the same life. Don't you believe that? That's what makes us Christians. Now, 
When Jesus is here on earth, he said, I can do nothing except the Father shows me. First, it had to be a vision. And the vision Jesus saw, then he went and done it. Look at the blind man following him that day. They come along, Lord, have mercy on us. He never even paid a bit of attention to him, went on in. And they went around somehow and come in behind or you got into the house. They, and they brought him to him. And he said, um, what, what's your want, or other words? What would you have me do? He said, Lord, that we might receive our sight. He said, if you can believe. They said, we believe. Then he touched her eyes. Now watch. And they said, you have received your sight. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. See? Now, the woman that touched his garment, that I spoke on last night, the woman, Jesus never knew the woman. Now, because he asked the question, who touched me? Well, everybody said, well, Peter said, well, everybody's touching you. He said, but I perceive that I have what? Virtue has gone out. And what is virtue? Strength. I've gotten weak. What made him get weak? That woman touched his garment because she believed him to be the Son of God, and she pulled from him the virtue. Just like the angel on the water, the first one stepping in, all the virtue of the angel went to that person. The first faithful one stepped in, all the virtue went to that person, and they were healed. And then the angel went away to come back again, but all the virtue on the water went to that person and returned again, first one stepping in. Is that what the Bible says? All right. See, now the Scripture is just as plain, maybe a little different from what the schools, but remember, when Jesus come, it was a lot different from what the schools taught, see. So you have to just, he was absolutely scriptural, although they didn't think he was, but he was. Now, notice, then when uh, this woman, what did she do? What was it she did? She pulled from Jesus. That's the reason he got weak. She pulled from him virtue through that human body of his, because he was just a man born of a woman, but his father was God. But in his body, he was a man. In his spirit, he was God. So God was in Christ, and the woman, pulling that virtue, believing it through him, then he turned, and by her faith in him, pulled the virtue from him. And he looked around and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? All of them denied, said, Not me, nobody. Peter said, Well, everybody's been touching you. He said, Yes, but I got weak. He looked around. He seen the woman. How he did it? That's a secret. But he found her. He said, the little woman with the blood issue said, your faith has saved you. Thy faith has saved thee. Now watch. That same word there is a Greek word, sozo. Sozo means applying to salvation of the soul or body. Faith. Thy faith has saved thee. Physically, just the same as our faith saves thee spiritually. The same Greek word, sozo. Is that right? All right. See, the, the same word. Thy faith has saved thee physically. Now, what was she doing? She was pulling from him. Now, when the Father gave him a vision, it was different. Now, here's what happens. Now, at home, here, wherever it may be, my wife, I suppose, is sitting present now. And uh, she knows this. At home, out, uh, people who knows me, walks around with me. Visions come all the time. Not here, my. 
Sometimes I even know what's going to happen before we get here. Now, that's true. And many, you've heard of it, predicted, foretold, two years or more. And I'll ask that no one never did hear anything told from that. But what was absolutely come to pass word by word. Now, that doesn't make me weak. Now, here's what happens. The visions that happen here mostly is your own faith. It's you, not for anything in me. Now, remember, I'm nothing, I'm the least among you. I was born out of season and you Pentecostal people, see? So I'm thankful that uh, God gave me a favor and should come listen. Well, when I told my Baptist clergyman about this, he said, told him about that angel coming to me that night and speaking to me, he said, what did you have for supper, Billy? And I said, I don't appreciate that, Dr. Davis. I said, here's my fellowship card. He said, oh, don't feel that way. But he said, who do you think would ever listen to that? I said, if God's a saint me, God will have someone to listen to it. That's right. So he did. He said, you're going to pray for kings and potentates for the seventh grade education? I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but God's going to do it because he said so. So he did. So that he always will do it. Now, it's just as perfect. Don't be alarmed. Just be solid. Come to God just as if there wasn't a speck of doubt nowhere. And don't, don't try to bluff it. You can't bluff it. The devil won't take your bluff. But he knows whether it's really faith or not. See? If it's emotion, he'll, he'll laugh in your face. <laughs> but if it's real, he'll scat from your presence. Now, that's, he understands it. He knows it. Remember, he's a spirit also. And look, now what happened to Jesus... The woman drawed from him. Now that's what takes place and makes some people be questioned after a while. Why is it, Brother Bram, that when you go out of the building you almost pass out? It isn't while the visions are going on. No. It isn't like now. No. It's coming between the two. See? And I don't realize it till I leave the platform. That's what it just looks like stepping off the world. Later on we'll take it up all down through the scripture and show you. Just get a little each night on account of time. Now, if you'll notice, see, now he got weak from one. That woman walked before him and touched him and went away. Now, the, that's the same thing as if I was standing on my tiptoes before, for hours before I come to this meeting. It's fasting and praying. During the time of this, that's the reason I hide myself away from people. Don't let no one know where I am. I'm hid away right now in a room. I've been staying with Brother Argon right back there. But I'm not even, my wife's not even with me at all. I stay by myself. I pray constantly and know that he's near. Sometimes in the room I see that light come down and stand there. He'll tell me, watch a certain thing is fixing to happen. God knows that many times, just thousands of, now when he tells me anything like that, it doesn't bother me. But when I come to the platform and the, the, your own faith pulls that vision, or sitting out there in the audience, you look and you say, you know, there's something, I believe that man's telling the truth. I, and, well, you might just be saying in your head. But if you really gets down one time on the heart, you'll see something full. I'll say, maybe some little something, try to explain it, which I oughtn't to try to do it because I don't know it myself and don't understand it. And I know I couldn't explain it because I don't understand it. But because I love you, I try to say something about it. And your faith will pull. And I'll look. And I'll see maybe someone coming from a hospital or doing something. And I'll speak it. What did it? Then, 
There, I get weak. Drop down. What is it? That's you pulling, not from me, but from God, through an earthly channel, God's blessings to you. Do you understand it now? That's what makes me weak. But now, that's what reason I stand on my toe. See? Well, Lord, help me tonight. I'm here. Uh, help me now. I pray. Uh, bless the people. And there, there's what. Oh, maybe here's someone standing before me. Never seen him in my life. What about it? What if he walks away from me? I walk off the platform. But what if he speaks? Something's got to be said. There's critics in every meeting. You can feel it. When the anointing speaks, you can feel that cold indifference. And you know that it's wrong. You know they're doubting. But when it's, um, you feel that warm welcome, then it flows smoothly. But then when you, a person is standing there, what is it? I go up on my toes now like the parable. What, here's a woman. Oh, but one thing, Lord, if you'll just tell her like you did the woman at the well, one thing that's wrong with her, maybe that'll help. Here it goes up. She's standing out and say, are you believing? Oh, praise God, Brother Branham, I've got all faith. Yeah, <laughs> if you would, you wouldn't be up here, see. But it's, uh, here you are, you're supposed to be up here. And here you are down here because you got hope instead of faith. Faith's positive. See? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. See? The evidence of things not seen. Now, when you're up here, I'm down here with you. And that's not all me. But then when that's there, he's just using me then. And I'm, uh, I'm anointed. And here's a spirit on here that's trying to work through to you to get your spirit to accept what this spirit's are saying to elevate your faith to a place to accept Jesus as your healer. That's right. Not accept it from your mind, accept it from your heart. And then when I come down like on my toes, well, you have uh, cancer. Yes, that's right. But here you are still down here. See? Never bothered you a bit. Turn to the audience. Never affected them a bit. See? Well, I'll try again. <laughs> Way it goes again. Maybe again. Well, you have uh, you uh, had TB and you were it's way back down 20 years down a lifetime you you see something happen you don't know you, you don't know where you're at you know you're you're speaking somewhere but you're years back in somebody's life looking at a vision right here on the platform you recognize you're somewhere but let that happen so many times you wonder which is which isn't vision see and then you, and you just see it's you yourself operating that that's what makes the weakness then when God wants to now we'll go back to the parable that's why I'm standing on my toes. Now, for instance, now that's what you're wanting to see. But what if the boss of the circus wants me to see something? You know what he does? He just reaches down, picks me up by the back of the neck, and holds me up and say, Now, you see, there's going to be a woman coming. She'll be dressed this way, and she'll be over here, and you'll go into a gate this way, and you'll see this baby will be sitting here, and this will take place here. This fellow will take place over here, and all like this, and tell you the whole thing of it, and set you back down. You feel like shouting the praises of God. See? That's God using his gift or people using God's gift. Do you understand now? Now, that same thing it was with our Lord. Reason he got weak in virtue. Now we have to hurry because we're just about eight minutes now. We'll have to go into the prayer line. Notice quickly. Jesus had gone away from the home of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And now, when Jesus went away, sickness came in. And when Jesus goes away from your home, trouble will come in. 
Just remember, when Jesus leaves your home, look out for trouble. You better treat him right and pray and love him and keep him there, because he's the best companion and friend you ever had or ever will. So you keep him there, make him welcome, live the kind of life that he would like to associate with you. And then, but in this case, it wasn't something they had done, but God had given his son a vision that Lazarus was going to die and he was going to raise him again. Oh, you say, Brother Branham, all right, just look to it just a few minutes and find out. See, the Bible is written on words, but the Bible is a love story to the church. When I preached here not long ago, a few years ago, on Abraham and Sarah turning back to be a young boy and girl again, from when he was a hundred years old, a preacher laughed at me and sent word, and that same preacher wrote a book on it not long ago and passed it out across the country. God did turn Abraham and Sarah back to a young boy and girl. I can prove that by the Bible. But you see, the Bible, uh, you'll never learn it in a seminary. I don't care. That might sound awful flat. But the Bible said, God said, He has hid it from the eyes of the wise and prudent and will reveal it to babes such as will learn. Is that right? He will reveal it to babes. You don't have to be smart to understand the Bible. You have to have a humble heart. The Bible is God's love story to His church that's hid from all the scholarships in the world. It's only known by one scholarship. That's through neonology. If you ever had any of them. You know what I mean? Down on your knees. Now, the, the Bible... Here is the, you have to read between the lines to make it right. Now, my wife sitting back there, when she, when she writes me a letter, you see, I'm really in love with my wife. And uh, so when she writes me a letter, I'll be away overseas or something, she'll say, Dear Billy, here I sit tonight. I've just got the children to bed. The phone has been ringing on average about every five minutes. I'm very tired. But so, see, now what she's saying in the letter is one thing, but I'm in love with her, so I know what she really means, you see. So that's because I'm in love with her. I understand her. Now, the Bible says one thing, but if you're really in love with the author, you understand what he means. You see, he reveals it to his sweethearts. Don't you love to be his sweetheart? Sure. You just, you love him, and he just, the Holy Spirit's right there saying, now, the, the wise and prudent would think it this way, but just read right on, I'll show you what I mean, you see. And the first thing you know, there's a whole picture, and you just read it a while, and sit down and cry, and get up and walk around the floor and cry. That's where you're really getting something from God. Amen. Now, when Jesus had made the quotation that he didn't do one thing except the Father showed him, now watch him the vision. Now, Lazarus, he knew was going to be sick, and now he went away from Lazarus' house. Well, after he's gone a day or two, the first thing you know, Lazarus took sick. Right quick, they sent for Jesus. And Jesus, the lovely Lord, instead of returning back, you know what he did? He went on farther. Just ignored it. They sent again. Still he wouldn't go. And he waited till the appropriate time that he knew the Father had told him what was going to happen. So then he turned to his disciples one day and said, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. And they always say, if he sleeps, he does well. Then he told them in their own way of knowing. He said, he's dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, but I go wake him. Amen. <laughs> you see it? Look at him at the grave. He said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me always, but I said it for those who stands around. You get it now? He already knew what was going to happen. 
So he knew that he'd be away and Lazarus would have to die. Because if he'd been there, they'd been pleading to him and everything to heal Lazarus and so forth. Now, he never healed everybody that died. He never raised them up. He only raised three. Three is the Jewish confirmation. He raised three in each one of them. If you'll notice what he done, Lazarus, he went away for that to happen. Jairus' daughter, he, look what he done. Went across the stormy sea all night long, fighting the waves and so forth to get over there to resurrect Jairus' daughter. Look at the woman, the widow's son. How he journeyed all day and his feet was tired and set out there on that culvert waiting for the funeral procession to come by. Sure. <laughs> Easy. Now, that's what the father does. And it was the darkest hour that this little family had ever seen. Jesus seemed like had forsaken them and had gone away. Lazarus was dead and was buried, and four days had passed. And all at once there was a, a messenger come and said that Jesus was entering the city. Now, Martha had been dilatory about spiritual things, but bless her heart, she sure got on fire now. Away she went. Seemed like she could have upraided the Lord. But when she met him, look what she done. Watch her approach now. Look at this woman's approach. That's the way you get things from God, is the way you approach it. You have to approach it. Watch what the angel said. If you can get the people to believe you and be sincere when you pray, then nothing will stand before the prayer. Get the people to believe. How can I do it, Lord? said, by these things. Then people would believe. See? That would be, I said, they never believe it. I, you told me to go pray for sick people. But he said, by this they will. See? You can get the people to believe. It's only a sign to get you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sickness and your sins. And accepting on basis of his shed blood, you can draw the attributes from it tonight. Anything you have need of, God will give it to you if you can only believe it. Now, notice. Now, when she come out there, she said, Lord, that's what he was, Lord. He, yet he, well, a lot of them, if they've been the people of today and a minister had been through the congregation of the people and performed a few miracles and went away and then some people with close friends didn't come, uh, he didn't, wouldn't come, why, they just said, say, you hypocrite, I know I oughtn't to let the church in the first place. Why didn't you come? See, it would have been different. But she walked to him and she said, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. Oh, my, something's got to happen. She went and got Martha, or Mary, because he knows she said, The Master has come and calleth for thee. The darkest hour that little family had ever seen, then Jesus come by. Maybe you went to every doctor in the city. This may be your darkest hour. But Jesus has come by. Maybe it's the darkest hour you ever seen or you ever seen, you or you. Maybe the doctor's given you up. But Jesus comes along just in the darkest of hour. It was the darkest hour the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, had ever seen. They walked out into a fire furnace, and right in the darkest of hour, then Jesus came along. That's just like him, isn't it? In the darkest of hour. It was the darkest hour that little woman had ever seen. It had the blood issue. No way for her to get in the prayer line or nothing. She spent all of her money for doctors, and none of them could help her. And she had a blood issue for years and years, weekly, probably sold all the farm tools and everything 
poor little thing sitting up there maybe knitting for a living or something. The darkest hour she ever seen. Then Jesus come along. One day in a hospital, when a noted specialist looked in my face as a sinner boy and told my daddy standing by me, said he's got three minutes to live, Mr. Branham. It was the darkest hour I ever seen. Then Jesus came along. He saved me. I was wearing big glasses, practically a blind man. Had to lead me around with the arms. Then Jesus came along. He's still Jesus tonight. Just a little story, a hurry. Way years ago, way before this ministry was ever made known to me, I went into my mother's house one night to have a prayer. My heart was burdened. And I went into a house to pray. I said, Mama, can I go in the front room? We're very poor people. And, and so we just, I shut the door. She said, Yes. And I said, Don't let no one disturb me. I want to pray. And I went in and began to pray. I've been praying about two hours. And when I did, Mama was one of those old-fashioned women that wash and take her clothes and lay it on a chair. I don't know where you ever do it. Not stand the next day barefooted, ironing them, you know. And so she uh, had her clothes laying in the bedroom there. And so uh, I was praying, and I opened up my eyes, and I thought that was a, a chair of clothes sitting there, but it was something white, and it was coming towards me. And I found out it was that light. And when it come to me, I enclosed around. I was going down through a wilderness, pulling sticks out of the way and brush. I could hear, I was after a little lamb that was a blatant, going, bah, bah. And I was trying, I said, poor little fella. And I was pulling real hard as a vision, see, trying to get to the little lamb. And I kept pulling, pulling, and I listened again. And I'd hear blading, and oh, I was so tired. And I, I'd pull again, I said, poor little fella, I'll get to him after a while. And as I got closer, it become a human's voice. And instead of going, bah, he was saying, Mealtown, Mealtown, Mealtown. And just then I said, Mealtown, where's that? And I come to and I'm standing right on the edge of the bed with my hands up, screaming, where is Mealtown? And when the vision left me, I thought, what's this mean? I announced that there had been two other visions of a little boy at Utica that was dying. The doctor gave him up and he was healed. A Methodist girl, that was 50, oh, 20 years ago, nearly 15 to 18 years ago anyhow, and a crippled girl, Methodist, arms and legs drawn up. She just unfolded like that, and a Methodist revival swept the country through there when this girl did I didn't even know what it was. And preachers would tell me, that's the devil, don't you fool with it. And I partly believed it. And so I didn't know because it wasn't, it said, well, that don't happen, that's of the devil. I didn't know what to do until the Lord made it known to me. And then I asked in my church, I told them a vision. I said, I didn't know what it was. I said, one of them, something that I've seen in something hollering mill down. Well, there's an old fellow comes to my church there, drives about 35 miles every time we'd have church. He'd come up there. He and his wife and children have been there for a long time. He said, his name is George Wright. He lives at DePaul, Indiana. And he said, well, Brother Billy... He said, Milltown's right down about 35 miles down the southern, just a little bit below where Brother Oregon right here lives. He knows the place and all about it. So I said, the Lord wants me to go to Milltown. Of course, I was working. I worked all the time. I never taken offerings in my church, so I just worked for a living. So Saturday, I went down to see Brother Wright, and he took me over to Milltown. It's a little bitty place, about 800 or 1,000 people, sitting out on Blue River. 
So I went down there. He said, what you going to do? I said, I don't know. He just said, come down to Milltown, I guess. I just heard that little lamb calling Milltown. He said, well, I'm going to do a little shopping. I said, all right. And I went in and give a guy a dime for a little old box there. And I thought when all the country folks drive their wagons around, I'll stand on this little box and preach to them. Maybe the Lord's got a lamb hooked up down here somewhere that he wants to get out of the tangle. So I got my box and went out there and sat down on the box. And Brother Wright come back down from another people he was visiting. He said, say, I've got to do a little shopping up on the hill here. I said, well, while we're waiting for the crowd, I'll just leave my box up here and I'll run up on the hill with you. Well, we went up, and as we passed by, we passed by a great, big, old, beautiful church sitting there. I said, something just told me, stop at that church. I thought, well, all right. I said, Brother George, you coming back this way? He said, yes. I said, well, I'll just wait here for you. And he said, all right. I said, what is this church? He said, it's a Baptist church. And he said, but the pastor had gotten some trouble here long ago and started a big shooting scrape, and they've been gone for Baptist people just closed up. Most of them go over to Methodist church or down here at the Nazarenes or so forth. I said, uh-huh. I said, uh, well, I went over and I took hold the doorknob and it was closed, locked. And everybody was, nobody around. I knelt down and I said, Heavenly Father, do you want me in this church to hold a meeting here? If it is, unlock this door for me. I sat down there. And I hadn't been sitting there in more than about five minutes until I heard somebody walking around the building. Come around and said, oh, hello. And I said, how do you do, sir? He said, you want in the church? I said, why? He said, I have the key. I said, thank you. He opened the door. I said, thank you, sir. And he said, um, I looked around. He said, uh, it's the bad, it belongs to the Baptist people did, but said, they just went away and said, it's went back now to the city. I said, hmm? Well, you have any services here? He said, no, just funeral services, county funerals and things. I said, hmm? I said, thank you. I said, who's got to say so over it? He said, the quarry over there. I said, thank you. Brother George, come down. I said, would you run me over to quarry? He said, yes. And I went over there, and the fellow said, well, sure, if you're a Baptist preacher, go on up there. They put you in a meter. Well, I was working for the utilities, so that was easy. So I put me in a meter, started out a, uh, uh, announced in the papers down there, I was going to have a service. And so then I went around, and I asked somebody when I got in that afternoon, there was nobody there. And so I got up there and climbed up, and somebody must want to lead a cow home or something, took the bell card out. So I got me a card and fixed it up and begin to ring the old bell like that and nobody there yet but me and so I seen a fellow go alongside the hill so I went over and I said say brother I'm uh, starting a revival down here I said I'm a Baptist minister I'd like for you to come down he said listen feller get next to yourself he said we don't have time for religion around here we raise chickens I said all right it's okay but you know what about five days from then you know, they had to take time out to bury the man. He died and about five days from that time. And so you must have time for Jesus. You must remember that. Regardless of how busy you are, what kind of life that you're living, you better take time for Christ. And then we started the meeting, and I remember that night, oh, I had a sermon in my heart just a burning. You know how it is, brother. When you got one, you think, oh, my, everybody's going to get saved. And so I got up there, and you know what my congregation was? Mr. Wright, Miss Wright, and their daughter. Well, I said, that's good enough. So I passed each one of them a songbook, and we got to singing down at the cross where Jesus died. I heard something going. I looked outside the door, and one of the harvest-looking fellers walked up there. He had a big old corn cob pipe in his hand, beating it out on the side of the house. One tooth out in front, and the gray hair hanging down his face. Looked in the door and said, where is that little Billy Sunday? You're going to look around like that. 
And so Brother Wright went back, told him to come in. He walked up and said, that's the roughest guy in the country. Mm, my. It's Will Hall. He's the pastor of the Baptist Church there now. <laughs> he got saved that night. So I thought, well, Lord, that's it. Well, the next night there wasn't nobody there but Bill Hall, Mr. Wright, and his, his family. So, well, it went on for about five nights, but at the end of the week, God healed a woman, a little girl over there that had TB. That started in the city. And I thought, well, that's all of it. So Mr. Hall come to me and he said, now he said, Brother Billy, there's a little girl who is over the hill here named Georgie Carter. She's laid there nine years and eight months. I want you to get her address and write to her. Each one of you personally let her, let her write to you. Said she's laid there nine years and eight months. Said she approximately weighs 35 pounds of human bones. And said she's about five foot tall. She's about 22 or 26 years old, something on that order. Said she's been laying there now for nine years and eight months, caused by a foul thing that was done for her. But said her people belongs to this church down here. There's a certain church. I won't call the denomination. But they don't believe it. Jesus heals, and they don't even believe in the Spirit or nothing else. But uh, they, they said to their members that any person goes to hear that idiotic Baptist preacher praying for sick people, you get your members your, your letter from the church when you come back. <laughs> so her daddy was a deacon in the church. So he couldn't come. So he asked me, Brother Hall did, if I'd go over there. I said, sure. And her mother and father said, if that can satisfy her, all right. But I wouldn't even stay in the house where that hypocrite was. So I went down there, and I looked in the house. If you ever pass me through, look at the bed. Her little bed there, little iron bed, and the paints all wore off. She keeps it there. Wore through years of holding with her hands and crying. Now, she, her little arm, her legs up here were approximately about that big around. In her arms, she couldn't raise the sputumin cup when she was coughing. She'd go, uh, uh, and there, raise up the sputumin cup, and she'd go, uh, and you could have gone real close to her little pink, sunken lips, eyes way back. She couldn't raise her hands up no more. And I noticed my little book laying on the bed, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, day, and forever. I said, little sister, I said, I wished I could help you in some way. But are you a Christian? She said, I, I am. And then I, her mother wasn't there. And they couldn't, even, they couldn't even put a bedpan under her. They had to put a draw sheet. She couldn't even raise her up like that. She was just, just laying there, just bones. She hadn't even seen the outdoors for years and years. And so a nice family of people. And her mother, young woman practically yet, but gray-headed and shaking with palsy from sitting day and night with that child sitting there until she died. And... They'd give her up years and years. She had TB to come into the female organs and went all through her body. She was just in a horrible shape. So I, I said, I will pray for you. So I knelt down and prayed, got up, and she wanted to know if something, why didn't something happen? And uh, she had read in the paper about the nail girl that had been crippled. The papers packed it all over the country. And I said, well, now, look, sister dear, that was a vision, see. I said, I, I can only do that. I can, I can pray for you. But that was a vision, and I didn't even know the girl. And the tears, where she got up bar she get tears, I don't know. But tears come running down the side of her face. Looks like a, you know how all the meat's gone off the face, just a jaw sunk in. And a poor little fella. And I said, I will continue to pray for you because I know your father and mother don't want me to be here. But she's trying to cry and whisper. She said, but I do. And I went on up. And then at the end of the week, I had a big baptizing over there with a, in a at a place called Totten's Ford, if any of you have ever around there. And uh, Brother Hardy, I know he's enjoying this because he knows every stitch of the land. 
So then when I was uh, as, uh, went over to baptize, there had been a certain minister there that told his congregation that uh, baptism by immersing was so ignorant <laughs> that only people who didn't have education would immerse. <laughs> so it happened to be when I was baptizing that afternoon, he had a great big tent there, and it had all 30 or 40 converts that week. And when I come down, of course, they all walked out. It was late in the afternoon, about 4 o'clock. There's evening services over, the afternoon or other. They all walked out and stand around the banks of the creek, several hundred people. I walked out there and began to render Christian baptism. And I said, you know, something, I said, it just seems like the whole heavens is standing around here. Angel on every limb in these trees. And his whole entire congregation was closed beautiful dresses and everything, walked out in that muddy water and was baptized that afternoon. Every one of them. The man it got him so bad he even backslid and went out of ministry. And so I went up with Brother George Wright to eat supper, and he said, now he kind of talks country, he said, now Brother Bill, he said, when Mammy rings the bell, you come on. And I said, all right. I got over in the woods, and I started to kneel down, and the green briars are sticking me. You know when a blessing's right ahead of you, how the devil tempts you. And I tried to kneel this way, and the briars would stick me, and I got up and went over here. The sun was shining on me. i go different places. Directly, I just got so wore out, I just fell out and started screaming out to the Lord with all my voice and praying. Well, it seemed like in a distance I could hear that bell, but I was just, you know, I was you ever carried away in prayer like that? And it just didn't pay attention to it. And after a while, I kind of got to myself. It was getting dusky, and the sun setting over the hill, getting down into the valley where it was at on side of the hill this way, uh, and I was under some dogwood bushes, and I looked up, I thought a strange feeling was there, and looked up, and that light that you see in the picture was shining right down through like that, and that light circling top of that dogwood bush, and it said, go by the way of Carter's, that's the girl's name, Georgie Carter. Well, I got up and started, and then hunting search parties trying to find me, and down the hill I went running real fast and jumped right in the arms of Brother Wright. He said, Mammy's had them biscuits ready for two hours, Brother Billy. And I said, but Brother George... Something's going to happen. I said, you know that light that appeared down there where I was baptizing? He said, yeah. I said, it was over there in the woods and told me to go by the way of Carter's. I believe that little girl's going to get well. And so there's some people there from Texas, and they wanted to see it happen. And down we went. And while, you know, God works on both ends of the line. And that woman, she went in to pray, and her little girl got to crying because she wanted, she'd, wanted, she'd seen the uh, uh, baptismal service advertised in the paper or announced, and she wanted to go to it. Of course, she couldn't move, hadn't moved for nine years and eight months. So she, she is laying there crying, and oh, it got her mother so bad. Now, here's her mother's story. You ask to see if her mother tells it the same way. So she went into the room. They lived in a lovely big home, and her married daughter lived close to them. And she knelt down, and she said, Dear Heavenly Father, we have served you in your church for years. And there my poor little dying daughter laying in there, and that... And that Imposter William Branham has come through here and got the people all stirred up and a poor little thing laying in there said, God reward that hypocrite of his iniquity. And just going on praying like that. And she raised up and she seen a, a shadow on the wall and she thought it was her daughter coming. Now here's her story. I can only quote her. See, She said it was, it was a shadow of the Lord Jesus. She seen his beard. He said, why are you weeping? Who's that coming? And she looked over and she seen me well, this Bible, over my heart, a coming in with two men following me. And she said, oh, I, I, I've been asleep. She had never seen a vision before. So she said, I, I've been asleep. Oh, something's wrong, she said. What happened? Have I, have I lost my mind? 
And she went into the room. She said, Georgie, you know, I and just then she heard a door slam, and here I was, come walking in, me and two men, just like she'd seen. She said, oh, and she fainted. When I got to the door, I don't know what, who opened the door, but I got in, and it seemed me like, I know this sounds juvenile, but it sat, seemed like I was standing up in the corner of the room like that, and I was watching myself go over to that girl. And there she was laying there, a little pale-looking face, and I said, Sister Georgie, Jesus Christ, who you love and has trusted, has met me over yonder under a dogwood bush. Oh, I can still think of it, and something happened. I said, he met me, and he sent me that you might be healed. So in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up from the bed. How is she going to do it? She hasn't moved for, eight, uh, for nine years and eight months. Her legs wasn't much bigger than a broomstick. Where is she going to even get strength to raise her sputum box? How is she going to stand? How? I don't know. But God, who created the heavens and earth, and this is his word, and me as minister standing here, the girl sprang to the floor under the power of the Holy Ghost. With her hands up in the air, the two men was with me, seeing that skeleton standing there. Her legs up here where her little short gown was on like that, her little legs about that big around, her little arms like that, and them up in the air. It scared them. They started screaming. Her mother raised up and just getting out of her fainting spell and fainted again. And, they, and she had a great big scream. And I turned around, and then her, her daughter come running over. People all over Milltown come running. And her father thought Georgie had died. So she was crossing the bridge with a little bucket of milk in his hand coming from his barn way across, and he was also the superintendent of the big quarry there. And he come running up the road, thought his daughter had died, and she went out in the yard, sat down on the grass, and blessed the grass, and blessed the leaves on the tree. And when her father got there, the house packed full of people, about 20 minutes later, she was sitting at an old-fashioned country organ playing, Jesus, keep me near the cross, there's the precious fire. Free for all the healing stream that flows from Calvary's fountain. She's been the pianist at the Milltown Baptist Church from that very night to this night now, and has never went to bed with anything less than we go to bed and go to sleep since. Miss Georgie Carter, Milltown, Indiana. It was her darkest hour. Then Jesus came along. Oh, God, have mercy. It's the darkest hour that this world's ever seen. Communism on every side. All kinds of isms everywhere. But thank God, Jesus has come along with his Bible, with his truth, with his Holy Spirit. And he's here tonight to do the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could do or think. Amen. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, as I know it seems like I get excited, Lord, but I can't stop and tell it right, perhaps. But oh, how that my heart thunders in my bosom. When I think of little Georgie sitting there that afternoon at that piano, those little bony skeleton fingers, them little spindly legs, only the anointing power of God could hold her up. And there she was pumping that old organ. Jesus, keep me near the cross. God, from that day henceforth, as far as I know, she's lived right by the cross. Just a few days ago, talking to her, enjoying perfect health. How we thank thee, Lord, for Jesus who comes along the darkest of hours. Maybe there's some here in the valley that's done everything they can to get well and seem like it just constantly grow worse. Father, will you let Jesus come along tonight? 
and do just like he did when he was here on earth. Do something a little different than what it is in an ordinary meeting. That's how the Cleophas and his friends recognized you. The day from the first morning of the resurrection, you'd done things, something there when you got them in the room. You'd done something just different from what other men do, and they recognized it was you. Now, Father, tonight, do something a little different, and they'll recognize that you're here, risen from the dead, the God of heaven, the creator of heavens and earth, in the person of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Now, I pray, God, that he'll make your way into every heart and heal all that's sick and needy and save those who are unsaved. Grant it, Lord. It may be dark hours for some people here that they don't even know. But as they are grouping in darkness and have weird your spirit away from them, hour after hour, down their lives, may this be the moment that you've touched somewhere down in the heart. May you come along and forgive every sin, call them back to a real spiritual life. Won't you do it, Lord Jesus, while we have our heads bowed? Is this a dark hour for you, knowing that you're sitting in the presence of the church, of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and yet you're not a Christian? Is this your dark hour? Wouldn't you like for your eyes to be open, you'd be resurrected to a new life? If there's a sinner man or woman here that would say, Brother Branham, I know it don't make any difference what you say or what you do. But I'm going to raise my hands to the Lord Jesus Christ just now and ask him to be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm going to raise my hand. God bless you, brother. Is there another? Say, Lord Jesus, I now accept you as my Savior. I've been a doubter. I didn't believe in divine healing. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my boy. That's good. I've doubted a long time. But I see your spirit working now. Yes, Lord. Won't you have mercy? Somebody who's wandered away from God and say, Now, Father, tonight I'm going to raise my hand to you and ask you to be merciful to me. And I'll come back home. My eyes will be open again to a real warm Christian experience. Will you raise your hand and say, God, remember me? Somewhere else? God bless you, lady. That's right. Don't be ashamed. No. If you're a sinner, I expect you to be honest. Raise your hand. Over to my right. Anybody in this way? Four or five, put up their hands now. God bless you, sir. My colored brother sitting there. It's a gallant thing for you to do, my brother. Someone else, God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you over there, my brother. That's right. Be honest. We just have to face it that way. God wants us to be honest. Now, I wonder if everybody with your head bowed, that those who want to be included for salvation... Would you stand to your feet just a moment while I have prayer with you? We have not. No other way. Would you just stand up? You don't have to leave your seat. Just stand up. Then I accept it right now. God bless you. Both you ladies. You, yeah, that's fine. God bless you. Just remain standing just a moment, if you will. So over here to my right. Anyone, stand up and say, God, be merciful to me. I'm standing now. You look at me. God bless you, lady, with your baby. God bless you. Now shall we pray. Heavenly Father. The blessed Heavenly Father has passed this way. For Jesus said, No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. Th these people are standing, Lord. Look at them. 
and as your humble servant, I present them to you. Save them, Lord, from a life of sin. Forgive every sin. And you said that he that will come, I will in no wise cast out. Now, you will not cast them out because they have come. They raise to their feet, standing there in the presence of this audience, in the sight of your seeing. They're saying that because they're, they're wanting to live a better life. Won't you sanctify those people tonight to your side, Lord, and let them live a sweet, humble Christian life from this night henceforth. I ask in Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, my friends. That's them standing now, you audience see. Pray for them. How many will pledge to pray for them if they'll go on with God? Let's see your hands. Let's say. Now go to some good church, be baptized by Christian baptism, and seek God to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God bless you. You may be seated now. The Lord bless you. Now, certainly. Immediately after the healing service is closed, we want you to accept the Christ to come forward. After the healing lines are over, and maybe some of the rest of you who didn't stand up, you come. Because after the service is over, I, I, I hardly know then. I can't make an altar call after that. But you come, won't you, after the service. I want to ask you something. Is there anybody here that was never in one of my meetings before? Let's see your hand. Let's see you're never in a meeting. God bless you. Thank you. Now, if Jesus will come tonight and do the same thing now that he did, like the woman at the well, like Nathaniel when he went over and got his friend, or Philip, brother, when he went and got Nathaniel, and Jesus told him what he had been doing before he come, where he come from, and so forth. Jesus said, I only do this as the Father shows me. If God will do that again tonight, will each one of you accept him? Will you do it and believe it with all your heart? And accept your healing right out there where you are. Right down around in here, accept your healing. Now, let's, we got, I think we're still calling prayer card A's. Is it still A's? Still A's? All right. How many? One to a hundred? One to a hundred? Well, let's see. How many nights we've been here? One, two, three, four, five. This is six nights. Let's start six. I believe we caught first last night. One, we caught one last night. One last night. Well, let's start one to twenty. Well, we got. Let's let's take the last part of it, man. Let's take let's take a six. Take eighty-six, man. Who has prayer card eighty-six? Raise up your hand. Somebody with prayer card eighty-six. Would you raise up your hand? It's got an A and a six. Eight, a and six. Would you raise your hand every has eighty? You have it, lady? All right, come right here. Eighty, eighty-seven, eighty-six, and eighty-seven. Who has eighty-seven? Would you raise up your hand? Maybe they can't raise up their hand. Eighty-seven. Look, it's a little bitty card. I have it one here. Got my picture on one side, and on the back of it, it's got a, a, a number and a, a A. It's got an A and a number, and it'll be eighty-seven. Have you anybody got it? Prayer card 87, 88, all right, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. Raise, so line them up right here first. We'll try that group there and see then if, if we can get just a few. Doesn't matter. Just get someone up here that we can start praying for. And we just do that by 
every night, nobody, nobody, we just give the prayer cards out and somewhere along there we just pull up someone, maybe sometimes don't even start at all, just start, just something get the Holy Spirit moving among the people. Sometimes where you have great numbers and so forth. It was a, um, now, all right. Now, um, it was, so, tell him, sir, it was the last night's card. I, maybe he can't speak English. I don't know. He thinks it was a last night's card. It was uh, probably somebody had it. it. was in 13 from last night. And I think we prayed for that. Listen, these cards are inter- inexchangeable. You have to be here and hear the service, you see. You have to keep them, you see. All right. Keep your own card. Don't. Um, now, all right, as they line them up, how many people here who doesn't have a prayer card, raise up your hand and you want God to heal you. Raise up your hand way up high now, who doesn't have prayer cards and wants to be healed. So I can get a general idea of where you are. All right? That's fine. Now be in prayer. Have faith. Now shall we bow our heads just a moment. Our Heavenly Father, now the crucial moment has come where something I have spoke of you, Father, now, it's, it is thy time, Lord, and I pray thee that in Jesus' name that you will speak, Lord, tonight. Grant it, let thy mercy come. And now, as I have testified of thee, testify, Lord, to the audience that I have told them the truth. I pray thee to do this secretly now, in Jesus' name, amen. Now let everyone remain right in your seat. Be seated. Be reverent. Don't move around. I'm sorry I'm 15 minutes late on the line to begin with, but we'll pray. Now, if they're not there, is everybody, the whole line there? All right, sometimes people can't get up, and sometimes they're deaf and dumb, they can't speak or hear. You watch your neighbor's card so that when it's called, it'll, it'll come. Now I'm going to ask you to do me a real good favor. Will you do it? Now look, they won't let me stay too long here because I've got other nights and other nights coming. Then after this meeting, I'll leave here and go right straight to another man, right to another man overseas. And see, I just have to watch they do because just if, it, if God would do it one time, it ought to settle it. I see there's nothing, I remember, I've told you, there's nothing in me or in no other man that can help you. Not one thing. And if anyone tells you there is, he's certainly out of Scripture. That's right. Jesus has already done it. Your healing, he was wounded for your transgressions. With his stripes you were healed already. And anything that he's already done, there's only one thing left for you to do, by faith accepted. Is that right? So, there is any virtue in any man. It all lays in Calvary, and any true minister of the gospel will witness the same thing. See, it's not a hocus-pocus, no sir, it's pure, unadulterated, the Holy Spirit of God making manifest Jesus Christ. Now I want to ask you something. If Jesus has risen from the dead, won't he do the same things if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Will he do the same things? He said he would. Now, what did he say when he was here on earth? He did nothing of himself but what the Father showed him. Is that true? 
Well, then, everything that he did was by vision. Is that right? He touched people and told them according to their faith. Their faith touched him, and he told them back what was wrong with them, and like the woman at the well. See how the Father sent him up there to the well? Instead of going down to Jericho, he went up around the Samaria and just sat there and waited for the woman to come. When the woman come, that's the one he'd seen. He got to talking to her. Then he found out what her trouble was. She was not living right. She had five husbands. He said, go get your husband. She said, I have none. Just listen to this while they're making ready. Say, go get your husband. After he talked to her, carried a conversation like I will with this woman or anybody else. Care a conversation while he's catching that human spirit. Say, go get your husband. She said, I have none. He said, that's right, you got five. Well, listen to what she said. Now, listen closely. said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know that when the Messiah cometh, that's Jesus. She didn't know it was Jesus, the Messiah. Didn't know he was the Messiah. said, when Messiah cometh, he'll tell us all things. Be able to tell us like you did there. See, the conversation's on. How did he know what was wrong with her? Now, she said, you must be a prophet. For I know that when Messiah cometh, we know that, that when Messiah cometh, he'll tell us things like that. But who are you? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. And she ran into the city and said, come see a man that told me what I've done. said, isn't this the very Christ? That's scripture, isn't it? Now, if that was Jesus then, and he's raised from the dead, won't he do the same tonight? Then if he does, isn't that positive, supernatural proof, and not only supernatural, but natural proof right here among us that he's raised from the dead? And if he's raised from the dead, his attitude towards you is just like it was then, and you ought to accept it. Now, ever, are you ready, brethren? Now, just once slowly, only believe, or let's sing it like this, now I believe. Let's just sing it, now I believe. Now I believe. Now I believe. All things are possible. Now I believe. Now I believe. Oh, now I believe. All things are possible. Now. What is it we believe now? That Jesus has risen from the dead, living here among us, fulfilling the words that he said, These things that I do shall you also, and more than this shall you do, for I will go to my Father. Yet a little while, and the world, unbelievers, the world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me. Now, there's going to be some of the world, no matter what you, whatever took place, they'll never see it again and say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But ye shall see me. 
they're still ye. For I will be with you even to the end of the world. Is that right? The, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. How far all the world to the end of the age? These signs shall follow them that believe. How long? To the end of the world, wherever the gospel's been preached, and two-thirds of it's never heard of yet. See what I mean? Not us as healers, but us as Christians. And Jesus working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Now, if he's raised from the dead, he'll do as he said. Now, the lady will come, if she will. Now, these people... In this audience tonight, so far as I know, are strangers to me. I'll just look just uh, for a moment. There's no one right present that I see now that I know. Of course, I know this brother standing here. He's one of the ministers. I don't know the brother's uh, name, but I know his face sitting there at Oregon. My son sitting there. Brother Oregon Wright sitting back in the back. I've seen him, and I'm not sure, but if that's Brother Wilson, I'm not sure, sitting way back. I'm not positive Brother Art Wilson. I believe it is sitting way back in the back. Just happened to recognize him walking by a few moments ago. Outside of that, it's as far as I know anyone. What about these stretchers? Did any of y'all have cards or anything that was called? No, no. Well, you don't have to have cards, see. You just look this way and believe. You just believe. See, it's your faith in God. Just believe it with all your heart and see if God don't answer your prayer. Be in prayer. Don't be, just, just sit quiet and say, Now, Lord, I believe the man has told the truth. He said, If you get people to believe you, then be sincere when you pray. Nothing will stand before the prayer. I said, They wouldn't believe me, Lord. He said, As Moses is given signs, so this will be. And when this is done, they will believe you. It's been so far, this has been about nine years. I still think they believe. May the Lord bless now, the little lady standing here is a perfect stranger to me as far as I know. I've never seen her in my life as far as I know. And, but God does know her. I don't. But Jesus Christ knows you. That's, you know that. You're here for some cause. I don't know. But Jesus does know, doesn't he? He knows what you're here for. And you know that I don't know what you're here for. But if Jesus will reveal to me through his Spirit, like he talked to the woman at the well, and you and I are just as he was then, see? He's talk, a man talking to a woman. Now, see, you're a woman, and, and you're and I, and I'm a man. Now, we're both, both natural human beings, but yet there's a spirit in you, and there's a spirit in me. And you are a Christian, because it's, uh, your spirit's welcome, you see. But now, there may be something wrong with you. If there is something wrong with you, now there's anointing of the Spirit. Me, as your brother, I don't know. But there's a Spirit that comes down and I just yield myself to it. And it tells through my lips, not me knowing, but it tells through me by vision what's the matter in your, whatever's about you. Then you know it wouldn't be your brother. Then that's the Holy Spirit of God trying to get you to believe. See what I mean? Now, audience, do you understand that? And now, if the Holy Spirit will reveal to this woman, will you believe with all your heart now that it's like the same like the woman at the well? Now, I can't make you believe, understand. You're the sick person. It's you're the patient. But it'll, I'll say this with reverence. It'll be your attitude towards what I'm telling you will determine what will happen. 
That's right. So just remember that and pray. And be in prayer. Don't move around. Just sit reverent. Be real reverent. And believe with all your heart. God will do the rest of it. Now, I have to talk to you a minute because in preaching, usually in a, the big campaigns where the manager and them's around the speaker, I, I just come right in under the anointing and go ahead and start with a prayer line. This way, speaking and making altar calls, it kind of throws it away from me a little from one side to the other. Both the same spirit, but by the saints is another gift, you see what I mean. But now, you standing there, and I hear he's your brother speaking to you as strangers to one another, but there seems to be something strange about you. Very strange. It, it is strange. You, you, you've just been healed. You, you've been healed. Yes, you've been healed. You, you were healed last night. That's right. But you're standing here for somebody else. And that is a, a person that's taken some kind of something like uh, shots or it's insulin. And it's, um, it's diabetes. And that man's a preacher. And he's been taking these diabetes shots for a long, long time. Insulin's what it is. I see it as he gives it. Insulin to himself and that test is his own urinary. You're standing for him, aren't you? You being healed, you come because that's a friend of yours. Is that true? I'm not reading your mind, but that's the truth, isn't it? Now the handkerchief that you got in your hand, up to God, go send it to him. And may the Lord heal him in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may it be. Amen. Amen. Don't fear. Have faith. Do you believe now? Have faith. Just believe with all your heart. God will grant it to you if thou canst believe. But first, you have to believe. Isn't that right? You have to believe. Now, I believe this lady is Spanish. You speak English? She doesn't even speak my language. Is there someone here who can interpret Spanish that would come, uh, knows uh, Spanish language that could interpret just, can you interpret? Some. All right. Uh, if a Spanish interpreter, all right. Here comes someone who can interpret. How do you do, sir? Would you now, sir, uh, just quote my voice to the lady? Would you do it? And uh, so that she can understand. And uh, see, now here I can even talk the woman's language. Now, that's the way it is overseas when visions come, see. Now, um, do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? She does. Do you believe me to be his servant? You know, I, with all your heart, you, you know that I do not know you, but Jesus does know you. If he will tell me what's wrong or what you want or what your trouble is, will you believe that he raised from the dead? And you will accept him as giving you what you have need of? Does C mean yes? 
You are here for someone else, and that person isn't even in here. That person is east from here, and you cross California, you cross Arizona, you go into New Mexico, and it's a daughter, and that daughter is suffering lungs, a TB, having TB. Give me your handkerchief. Lord Jesus, may her life be spared. I pray and bless this handkerchief in Jesus Christ's name for her healing. Amen. Send it to her. Send the handkerchief to her. Have no doubt. She'll get well. Let us say, praise the Lord. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Believe all things are possible to them that believe. Do you believe it? All right. Lady, I believe you're Spanish too. You speak English? Well, fine. Then walk just a little closer, please. All right. We are strangers to each other. And... We have never met in life, but maybe born many miles apart, many years apart, but yet Jesus knows both of us. Is that right? Now, you know that i never seen you in my life, and but I am saying that Jesus has known you before you were born. He knows you before the world began. In his great knowledge, he knew that you would be on this earth before the earth was made. So he knows all about us. Now, he loves you, and he, you're here for some cause. I do not know. But I declare that he has risen from the dead. Now, if he was standing here wearing this suit, well, he couldn't, if you're sick, he couldn't heal you because he's already did it. But he, he might do something that would cause you to believe it, you see, and accept what he had already done. Now, if he will speak through me like he did through his son, at the, that promised the same things that he did through his son would be done through his church. And if he will do the same thing here, then you will accept his sacrifice as, and the atonement for whatever you have need of. Will you do that? Well, the rest of the people, every Spanish person in here ought to do it, if, if God will do it. Now, it's, it's difficult, but the Lord knows. Now, the woman is much, uh, uh, probably older than I, and she's, uh, she's a believer. I see that. She's a welcome spirit. Now, if the audience can still hear my voice, the woman seems to be moving away. And I see her, she's in some kind of a condition there, it's something over her. No, they're operating on her. And she goes out and she comes back again. She had two operations, and it's uh, in the stomach, and they had an ulcer right uh, in the stomach, and the doctor's taken out the ulcer rate, but it didn't do no good. 
the ulcer, the stomach still bothers the woman. And this is, thus saith the Lord, she has uh, a nervous condition that's causing it. The woman, when she was younger, I see her as a young woman or a middle-aged woman goes into a time of life like ladies go through, the change of life, and she become nervous, and she's been bothered ever since. That is, thus saith the Holy Spirit. That was true. Whatever it was, was true. Is that right? Now, he who is, you know that there's something here anointing me as your brother, anointing your life. Is that right? Do you believe it's what the Bible said, the Holy Spirit returned to do this? Do you accept him now? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I condemn the disease of this woman's body and pass her on for a healthy life in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go rejoicing, happy. Now, look, sister, I, I seldom say this to people, but as I prayed, before I prayed, it turned, it was real dark around you. Something is on you, it was going to kill you. I don't know what it was. But now it's gone. It's real light around you. And you know something's happened, hasn't it? Now go on your road rejoicing and being happy. Let's say, praise be to God. And do you believe that while you were sitting right there that the Lord Jesus made you well? Uh, it was done while you were sitting right there. You don't have to be prayed for. Your faith has already healed you. Go on your road rejoicing and saying, Praise be to God. Let's say praise the Lord. Real faith. Now, sister, you're sitting right there, right behind this lady with a pink coat on. Raise your hand because something struck you. That's right. You've been suffering with a heart trouble. It's been bothering you. Isn't that right? Now, wave your hand back and forth like this. So that's right. But the reason it's been bothering you is because you've had a real nervous condition. And the reason that is, your heart trouble is worse on you, especially if you eat and lay down, because the gas gets into your stomach and goes up against your heart. It's really not a heart trouble. It's a nervous trouble. And you drop things and so forth. Now, your faith has made you whole. Jesus Christ heals you. Now you can go home and be happy. God bless you. Amen. Our Lord Jesus can take TB anything just as easy for him. Isn't that right? You were healed while you were sitting in the chair. The TB left you, so you go on your road rejoicing and saying, Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You believe? Now, here's two spirits calling one to another. I, I only wish that my lovely audience could only be in this dimension and see this. This woman standing here is suffering with the same thing that woman sitting there with her hands crossed. Right like that. Here's a dark line because the spirit that's on this woman is calling to this spirit for help, and it's both the same disease. Arthritis to both. Now you can go on your road. Stand up on your feet, lady, you with your handkerchief. There you are. It's gone from you. Now go on your road rejoicing and being happy. Let's say praise the Lord. There you are. See, you don't need prayer cards. You're being healed without it. Thanks be to God. All right. Come, lady. When you're trying to get around and you're back bad like that, and see, it makes it kind of hard, doesn't it? And stepping down off the street. 
turn him sideways like this sometimes to get down. You won't have to do that now. Your faith made you whole while you're standing way back there on the prayer line. Go on your road rejoicing and stand happy. Thanks be to God. Sister, you believe with all your heart? And you, you believe it heal you and make you well? The heart trouble and everything is making you get well? He has. Now you just go happy and rejoicing. Your faith has made you well. All right. Now, lady sitting there with that, with that eczema, and you believe that Jesus will make you well? If you want to believe with all your heart, okay, God will heal you if thou canst only believe. Thanks be to God. How do you do, sir? You believe with all your heart? What do you think, sister? You believe him? You believe, do you, sir? With all your heart? Yes, sir, I believe that. What if I told you to heal while you're sitting in a chair? Would you believe it? Yes. You would. Let me tell you, just so that you know that I'm telling you the truth. You have a habit you'd like to give up. That's right. Smoke a cigarette. Will you give them up? That you might know this, too. You've got a mother here tonight who wants to be healed, have you? If I tell you what's wrong with her sitting out there in the audience, would you believe me? Gallbladder trouble. Is that right? Now go on, you'll both be well. In the name of the Lord Jesus, go. Let's say praise be to God who gives us the victory. You're trying hard, lady. It's for that woman there, isn't it? I've never seen you, and you know that. But the Holy Spirit is here. He knows all things. You're not far from the kingdom, lady, because you're sick, and I know that. I hear something strange, audience. Don't think I'm beside myself. I'm not. But here comes from this woman here, scoots over to that man sitting out under second person back in that seat there. Man sitting back there, you got trouble with your liver, haven't you, sir? And that's your wife sitting next to you. She has something wrong with her neck, doesn't she? This lady's by the liver trouble too. That's right. See there, that demon calling, but he, he's going to lose the battle. Jesus Christ is here. That's right. This woman's dying, but the liver trouble, sir, it's over. Your faith did it, sir. And the devil trying to play a trick, but he lost the game. Look, lady, you got liver trouble, too. You believe me? I want to talk to you just a minute. You're going to die laying there, you know that. You can't live laying there. Because you're very sick. And I see where the examination, you got water on the inside of you, up there that won't come down. You're sicker than what they tell you. That's right. You're very sick. True, you got complications of everything sitting there. You believe me? That's right, isn't it? That's your daughter sitting with you. Isn't that right? You believe me to be God's prophet? You do? What do you think about this? You believe it's the Lord Jesus? You do? 
You got your pocketbook in your lap, haven't you? But you got a letter in that pocketbook that come from my office. That's right. Don't take all you tell or something like that. That's right. Now, put your hand over on your mother. Heavenly Father, this is the hour for faith. She lays there, she'll die. Give her strength, Lord. Give her believing power. And now as your servant, I condemn that devil. Satan, you're trying to hold her, but you've been exposed. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and you are nothing but a breath. I adjure thee by the living God, come out of the woman. Lady, do you believe with all your heart? Then if you believe, all right, do you believe Jesus is near you now? That's the truth what's been told, is that right? You believe me as his prophet? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up, take your bed, go home. Come out. Don't fear. Raise out of the bed and come up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do it. God will give you strength as you did Georgie Carter and the rest of them. He'll grant it to you. She's arising up. Her daughters are raising her. And here she comes out of the bed to be made whole. Let us bless God. Anybody else in here wants to be healed? Raise your hands up to the Lord Jesus while we pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come to thee just now and ask that you heal every person in divine presence. Satan, you are defeated. Come out of the people. Thou art an imposter. You're wrong. You're a deceiver. And Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, and he's here. Leave the people in Jesus Christ's name. Come out. Every one of you, lift your hands and give God praise. And go home and be made well.